Good morning. On behalf of the Sands family and the Calvary Bible Church family, we welcome you and thank you for being here today, for demonstrating your love and support for the family through your presence here today. I am the resurrection and the life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we'll carry nothing out. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thou hast been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever the earth, and the world were made, thou art God from everlasting and world without end. I heard a voice saying unto me, Write, from henceforth, blessed be the dead which die in the Lord. Even so saith the Spirit, for they test, they rest from their labors. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou, had, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Bow with me, please, as we open in a word of prayer. Our God and our Father, we thank you for your abiding presence with you, with us. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege you have given us of approaching you in prayer with the full assurance that you will hear and answer the prayers of your children. You are a good and compassionate and gracious God, always meeting the needs of your children, giving us assurance through your word that you will never leave us or forsake us. Father, you are the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. We ask right now that you would deal graciously with the Sands family as they grieve the passing of their loved one. Lord, give them your perfect peace, the peace that passes all understanding. We would ask that you impart the grace needed to sustain them during their time of bereavement. Draw them close as a family, Father, but more importantly, draw them close to yourself. Father, as your word is presented today, may it go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit. Touch the hearts of those who don't know Christ as their Savior and save them by your grace, we pray. We give you thanks and ask it all in the mighty and powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning to all. And sincere condolences to the family of dear Sister Thelma Sands. My family and I have prayed and will continue to pray for your family to experience the peace and the comfort that only the Lord can give you at this time. And one of the most comforting things that we can ever experience during a time like this is indeed to hear the word of the Lord. Through Titus, we receive this word in chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us by denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, just like Sister Thelma lived, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we will sing of that amazing grace 
which has appeared to all men. And you may remain seated for this opening hymn, and then I will invite those of you who are not a part of the immediate family to stand for the singing of the second hymn, How Great Thou Art, which will immediately follow, which will immediately follow rather, the singing of Amazing Grace. stand for the singing of How Great Thou Art, the immediate family may remain seated.
Thank you. You may be seated. God is indeed great and greatly to be praised, regardless of the circumstances that you and I may face. And on behalf of the leaders and members of Calvary Bible Church, we again extend sincere condolences to the family. We also want to acknowledge the presence of ministers of the government. See, the Minister of Health is with us, uh, Dr. Sands, and other members of the clergy uh, might be in our midst, and we welcome all of you here, and we trust that, indeed, as we go through this service, that each one of us will consider the brevity of our own lives and the way that the Lord wants us to live as before him, as long as he allows us to have breath in our bodies. Coming now with a solo, but prior to that is the Old Testament reading, rather, by the great-grandson Jay, is it Jay? Jai, sorry about that. Jai Smith with the Ecclesiastes reading. And Jai will be immediately followed by a solo from Simone Bow. Jai, please come. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They confront me, comfort me. You prepare a table before in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cuts overflow. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Uh, Just let me ask, is Simone Bow here? No? Okay. Well, we'll now have a tribute from the grandchildren, Nisha, Leslie, Symphony, Jeremy, and Nadja. And then after that, a New Testament reading by Ingrid Knowles, and then following that, as I knew her by Jamal Hepburn. So in that order, please. I took the supermarket flowers from the windowsill Through the day old tea from the cup Packed up the photo album Matthew had made Memories of a life that's been loved Took the Garrett Wilson cars and stuffed animals Pulled the old ginger beer down the sink Dad always told me don't you cry when you're down But mum there's a tear every time that I blink Pieces, it's tearing me up, but I know a heart that's broke is a heart that's been loved. So I'll sing hallelujah. You were an angel in the shape of my mom. When I fell down, you'd be there holding me up. Spread your wings as you go. And when God takes you back, he'll say hallelujah, you're home. 
off the pillows, made the bed, stacked the chairs up, folded your nightgowns neatly in a case. John said he'd drive, then put his hand on my cheek and wiped a tear from the side of my face. See the world as you did Cause I know A life with love is a life That's been lived So I'll sing hallelujah You are an angel In the shape of my mom When I fell down You'd be there holding me up Spread your wings as you go And when God takes you back You'll say hallelujah See the person I have become Spread your wings and I know That when God took you back He said hallelujah, you're home Good morning church The scripture reading is taken from 1 Thessalonians Chapter 4 verses 13 to 18 But we do not want you to be uninformed brethren about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voices of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, Comfort one another with these words to my loving Aunt Thelma. Good morning, church. As I reflect on my mother in law. Some attributes or characteristics that come to mind are kind, loving, patient, Christian, as she was a devoted Christian, an avid churchgoer, joyful, 
always with a smile, honest and caring, as I never heard her say anything negative or unkind about anyone. Never getting into her kids' affairs, and those of us who are married, the son-in-laws, we do not know what it means to live with a nosy mother-in-law. <laughs> she was always the peacemaker. Fashionable, well-dressed, everything matching and on point, making sure a comb was in her purse. Family-oriented, she kept the children, grandchildren, and family members very close to her. If they were not present, and she was either on the phone with them or they on the phone with her, everyone was just a speed dial away. Now, as a matter of fact, when the host phone rang, there was no need to run to it because it was mostly for her. My mother-in-law treated me like a son. I would often brag about how I had two mothers who loved me pretty much the same. Her love, affection, and kindness she showered me with are of enormous value to me, and I will forever cherish her for the difference it made in my life. One of her greatest attributes was her smile. I tell you, when your eyes met months, you were blessed with a smile, a smile that was warm and comforting. It was truly a blessing, as you can see. She was not a possessive person, as she gave and shared what she had. Very independent. There are a couple of interesting facts here. Because when it came to any point where she had to give up her independence, it came with some opposition and sometimes a little bit of a fight. As she was affectionately called Grammy by all, Grammy loved driving. And I believe she would have driven herself right up to the end. She took pride in driving herself and did so well into her, earlies, uh, her early 80s. Now, there is a story that comes to mind that Leslie tells very well, but I'll try to tell it this morning. Grammy would pick Leslie up from school, and she would always stop to a friend or family member, usually Miss Knowles or Shirley. But she always left before dark. Now, Grammy drove at five miles per hour, and 10 was speeding. She always had a cushion that she sat upon so to give her height so that she could see. Never looking back, she drove all the way home, never realizing that there were a procession of about 20 cars behind her. And if anyone honked at her, Grammy told them, go around. As I mentioned earlier, she took pride in dressing herself, and right up to a few months before, a few months ago, she dressed, putting on her own makeup, never forgetting her red lipstick, her eyebrow pencil at the age of 90, she's putting that on. Everything had to be in place, nothing out of place. And again, never going anywhere without her comb in her purse. As her strength and condition started to deteriorate, 
the family tried to encourage Grammy to, to use a walker for comfort, but Grammy wasn't having that. So I think Leslie and Gail bought two walking canes, but those are still in Grammy's closet, untouched. Now, to put this in perspective, Grammy was a lady well into her 70s and wearing high heels. I'll leave it at that. Heels that none of her daughters and even granddaughters, with the exception of little Leslie and Symphony, would even dare to wear. But she became convinced that she had to take it down. She went from three-inch heels to two-inch heels to one-inch heel. There was a little bit of a push to get her to flats, but eventually she came around. Since Parsons' passing in July of this year, her medical condition started to change. Within weeks, within the weeks leading to her passing, her situation went from a glamorous 90-year-old, still stylish lady, but now in flats, only requiring some assistance to walk, to within days of her passing, having to accept a decision that was perhaps the most difficult decision that had to be made on her behalf and more difficult for her to accept. See, Grammy had to be placed in a medical bed. It was on this occasion and on the occasion when she lost her ability to walk, even with some assistance. These conditions brought her to the realization that she had lost her independence. At approximately 1.30 p.m. on Wednesday, September 18th, with Gail by her side, at the bedside, attending to her, and for a brief moment, Gail turned to get something, and when she came back, Grammy had slipped away from us. To join her husband, her mother, her siblings, and most importantly, her God and creator. Grammy was ready. She truly was ready. She had walked the walk of life, and she was ready to be with her maker. Grammy, we love you, we miss you, and will someday join you in eternity. May her soul and the souls of the Delhi departed, now and forever, rest in peace. Thank the Lord for the Thelmas of this life uh, who leave such wonderful memories for us to cherish. Thank you, Mr. Hepburn, and thank you, grandchildren, for sharing those beautiful photos with us and for the reminder of the precious truths of Scripture as read by you, Sister Ingrid. Thank you very much. Please stand again as we sing the next hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Sorrows like sea.
Permit me again to say to the families and friends of our sister who has departed, Sister Thelma Sams, please accept my sincere Christian condolences. Uh, Sister Ingrid read a portion of scripture that I will attempt to speak to this morning. Seriously, I am somewhat 
discouraged when I look back and see the place that Sister Sands sat is vacant. But let me please for a few moments look at this portion of scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 through 18. I am not going to read it. It was read so wonderfully by Sister Ingrid. I will pick it up as I go. But if I was to give this a topic today, I would call it the reality of death, but a sure resurrection. The reality of death, but a sure resurrection. I have good news for those who have come today. First of all, for the family and friends of Sister Thelma Sands. From the passage of scripture taken from Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, which teaches the eminent return an impending coming of Christ for his church. This is what Paul taught the Thessalonians, that the coming of Christ was eminent, and this is what we believe today in Calvary Bible Church. Before this service is over, the Lord could come with us sitting right here today. May I remind you that death comes every moment of every day for someone. Sister Sands was ready for that as we have been reminded. She was committed to her Lord and Savior and she was prepared to go. The Apostle Paul had good news for the Thessalonians, Christians, and for us today as well. And that is, God will bring with Jesus those whom he or who had fallen asleep in Jesus Christ. That's the bottom line. First Thessalonians chapter 13 verse, or 
part A says, brothers and sisters, we who, are, we who do not want to be, we do not want you to be ignorant or uninformed about those who fall asleep. Now, this falling asleep was nothing new because Daniel, uh, also Daniel chapter 12 verse 2 says, and I quote, multitude who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. So you see, all the way in the Old Testament, they were reminded that death was asleep. You will be wakened at some point down the road. May I say to you, the body will return to the dust, but the spirit will also return to God who gave it. And Sister Sands believed that. She trusted the fact that if she die, she will be raised again. No two ways about it. I would hope that you would see Sister Sands' body as being reposed in Atlantis Hotel right now rather than here. From the Greek word, we get the word symmetry. And from it, the same word, the early Christian used to call the place where they placed their loved one a place of rest. Or a house of strangers or a place to sleep. It is the same word used today for an inn or what we would call a hotel or a motel. They are places where you would spend the night to sleep, expecting to get up the next day and continue your journey. This is the picture of Sister Sands. She is resting now but she will continue in the morning to go to the Father. Don't get me wrong, that's the body. The spirit itself has departed the body and is present even now with the Lord. So let's not forget that. But the body itself will repose until the Lord Jesus descends from heaven 
with a shout, and she will be among those who rise first. One day the Lord is coming to take the body out of this world. Let us return to the text for a moment. 1 Thessalonians chapter 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. In Thessalonica, there was found uh, an inscription that says, and I quote, after death, no revival. After the grave, no meeting again. End of quote. That is what some of them believed. Believers are not to sorrow like unbelievers. Paul never said believers are not to weep. What he does say is that we are not to sorrow as the rest which have no hope. A Christian has undue sorrow at the death of a loved one. But there is hope. Hope of seeing them again in their glorious body. You thought Sister Sands got around. She dressed well. She looked good. But you, you cannot imagine what she will look like on getting up morning. You, you have no idea. Verse 14 says, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. There, there, there are three kinds of death that is mentioned in in the scripture. And the first one we see is that there is physical death. Physical death. That is in our presence this morning, which is separation. That is separation of spirit and body. The spirit is separated from the body. And we have that in our presence this morning. Adam, believe it or not, didn't actually or physically die for 930 years. 
after the fall. But may I say to you, he was separated from God. That's a debt. Secondly, there is a spiritual debt. Paul says to be carnally minded is debt, which is separation from God. This is what happens to or happened to Adam in the Garden of Eden. He was separated from God. God said that man would die in the day that he eats of the fruit. Man became separated from God. Adam hid himself from God when he disobeyed God. There was no, and I say it again, there is, was no separation until he sinned and he stood or heard the call of God. He hid himself from God. Thirdly, there is eternal death. And this is the one that we definitely want to make sure that we are not a part of. That is eternal separation from God. This is the second death. In Revelation 20, 14, we read, then the dead and then death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. This lake of fire is, of course, the second death. We want to make sure that we miss that death. And every one of us in here today can miss that death. I encourage you. We are serving a God that cannot die. Oh, sorry, that cannot lie. A God that cannot lie. And here is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep according to the word of the Lord. You see, Paul assures us that he is giving God's advice to us. Paul knew that they had been worried, the, the Thessalonians had been worried about those who had died before the rapture. And they also believed that the rapture had taken place. But Paul assured them that that was not the case. When 
Jesus came to this earth. He made it clear and he said, and I quote, verse 17, after that, after what? After the death of the saints, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord. In other words, the dead in Christ will rise first, but not until the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Sister Sands will be among those. But I, I love this. And I want you to listen to this. Please. The Lord will not send angels for his church. When he returned to the earth to establish his kingdom, he will will send angels to gather the elect from the four corners of the earth. But there are no, and I repeat, no angel ministry connected with the rapture of the church. The angel announced the birth of Christ. He said, or he was uh, 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 announcing the birth of David, the newborn king. The angels did. The wise men wanted to know where they could find him who was born king of the Jews. In contrast, this is the Christian who are born and have been groomed and served God. These are the ones that will continue as long as breath is in our body and until we are issued issued into eternity. The Holy Spirit, may I say to you, on the birth of the church, came down, not angel. The Holy Spirit did. This is important for us to remember. When the Lord takes the church out of this world, the Lord himself will come down from heaven. He is not going to send angels. The Lord himself will come from, angel, from heaven. My friends, we will not 
he will not trust the church to angels. He is coming himself. How will we know that? Well, verse 13 tells us, he is coming with the voice of the archangels and with the trump call of God. Yes, you will know him by the quality of his voice and the majesty of his authority. His voice will be like a trumpet. You ask, how can we be sure of this? Well, Revelation 1, verse 10 says, John speaking, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice, like a trumpet. Who was it, you ask? It was the voice of a glorified Christ that it is like the sound of a trumpet. When he calls the church, the body of all the dead in Christ will come up out of the grave. And that, of course, includes Sister Sands. Verse 17. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. The dead in Christ will rise first from all over the globe. All that died in Christ through the centuries, most of the church has already gone through the doorway of death. But that will not prevent those who will be taken part in the rapture. All in its time. Verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Therefore, we are to instruct and to exhort one another to talk about these things. My friends, Jesus is coming to take his own out of this world someday. What a glorious wonderful comfort this is to us. The body of the dead in Christ will be lifted out. Then the believers in Christ who are alive, then and only then will we see and appreciate what God's word says. This is the hope that we have in Christ. Permit me to ask you a question today. Do you know this Jesus that Sister Sands knew and those of us who are born again into the family knows? 
I encourage you. Commit your life to the Lord. Right where you are this morning, you can bow your heart in his presence and I can guarantee you that if you are true to your heart, you will be born again into the family of God. You won't have to worry about not spending eternity with Christ. I encourage you that you can bow your head right where you are and you can pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And he rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. I believe that he is coming again for his church and people. Thank you, Father, for saving my soul. Get glory for yourself. For we ask this in no other name but in the lovely name of Jesus the Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people says, Amen. Thank you. Coming now with the Old Testament reading from Psalm 23 is Sanford Foster, and she'll be followed by Sister B. Fowler with a solo. Good morning, church. Grams firmly believe that nothing happened before its time. No scholarly explanation, no, no scientific logic convinced her otherwise. She would always say, either it was or it wasn't its time. Case closed. She often talked about her readiness to meet her Lord and Savior. So no better irony there was than to say, but Grams, it's not your time. But time came on September 18th, and she was ready. So today we find it most fitting to reflect on the scripture found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8 and 14 through 17. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep 
and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time and there is a purpose for every work. The word of the Lord. May her soul forever rest in peace.
there can be such sweet reward when we wait upon the Lord as we take the time he gives his perfect wisdom to be found in him alone So weary when 
trouble comes and my heart burdened be and there I sit and wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while with me you raise me Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm, 
and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Speaking no other prophetically than of the Lord Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah declared those words, and we certainly uh, thank Simone for reminding us about the Lord raising us up and for Sister B reminding us about the, the importance of spending time in his presence. And certainly you family members, may you know the comfort that comes from the presence of the Lord. He is the one who gives you comfort, the one who gives you peace. And the psalmist declares, in your presence there is fullness of joy. So Sister Thelma is experiencing at a fuller measure, in a fuller way, the joy that comes from being in the presence of the Lord. She is absent from the body, as Pastor Arnett reminded us of, and she is present with the Lord. And so we go with this parting song today. When we all get to heaven, we will sing and shout the victory. Let us all stand together as we sing our recessional hymn. Victor.